Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know I certainly did. Always do as we are getting so, so close to the start of college football season. In fact, if you're actually just looking forward to college football in general, it's game week. Miami and Florida will be taking on each other this Saturday. I'm pumped. I don't know about you, but it's at least a college football to watch. And with college football and with everything going on with it, there's, of course, constant updates on what's going on in Razorback land with uh, Chad Morris and the Arkansas Razorbacks heading into year two of Chad Morris. Now, the big storyline over the weekend, in fact, if you want to take it as the theme, is quarterback. It's almost, wow, that's the most important position on the field or something like that. It's amazing. It's amazing how they've taken that. That's what Chad Morris was really asked about and pressed on in his press conference on Saturday. When's a starting quarterback going to be named? Who is it going to be? Do you have him named? You just don't want to say it just yet? Is it going to be you and Joe Craddock that are going to talk about it? Or is there a particular process that's going to have to be going through it with your coaches? Are you going to lock yourselves in a room? How is it going to be done? All of these questions getting thrown at Chad Morris And Chad Morris being a coach, giving coach speak, and saying, essentially, we'll let you know whenever we decide. Now, this does not surprise me in the least of how coaches, or in this case particularly, Chad Morris handles himself dealing with such a particular argument. I don't care when Chad Morris names the starting quarterback. Of course, selfishly, I'd like to know sooner rather than later, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. So why do we talk about it? Why do we keep asking about it? Is naming the quarterback on Monday going to be different from naming the quarterback on Thursday when it comes to winning games in the season? Of course not. But here's the problem that you run into, folks, and the problem that I'm running into. After seeing the absolute debacle last year, going 2-10, but also knowing that this team struggled at quarterback, And in the early going, had a just disastrous quarterback room where the staff kept flip-flopping on who they wanted to start, who they thought was the better quarterback, yada, yada, yada. It really set the team back in a pretty major way to start. I mean, and that's just being honest. It was so painfully obvious that Ty's story was a better option, and they went with Cole Kelly at times because, for whatever reason, it was just a disaster. And this is why myself and others like you are really pushing to know when the quarterback's named. Because the last thing you want to do is find yourself in the same position as you did last year, where you go through game one, game two, game three, game four, and you still have no idea who the starting quarterback is. That's disastrous. You went out and you changed your quarterback room, which is great. That's what you needed to do. You went out and you got two grad transfers and Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks. Excellent. Good choice. It's a good thing to do in college football. What you also were able to do is get a pretty good freshman in K.J. Jefferson that was highly recruited. You also were able to have a guy that can run some good scout team and at least was part of a winning team and a winning high school team and have 
doesn't hurt to be Jerry Jones's grandson, but John Stephen Jones. You wiped out everybody else. You brought in some experience, some transfers, some, some athleticism. You brought the whole deal in. And now it comes down to you, Chad Morris, you deciding and riding with the best option at quarterback. It's a difficult one, and I'm not trying to pretend it's not a difficult situation. Everybody would love to be in the situation that Alabama finds themselves in or Clemson, where it's Tua or uh, Trevor Lawrence, and it doesn't really matter who else is there. There's no controversy. Those are the guys. You'd love to be in that situation. You'd even love to be in the situation where a few years ago, when you had Brandon Allen and Austin Allen, or Ryan Mallett and Tyler Wilson, you knew who you had, and you were going to feel comfortable no matter who it ended up being. But you're not even in that regard now. And that's where the struggle lies for Razorback fans. You want to be confident in Chad Morris and his ability to coach this team. You want to feel good about the process that he goes through in selecting a quarterback. You want to feel confident that whoever he names, whether it's Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle or John Stephen Jones or K.J. Jefferson, whoever he names, you want to be confident that that guy is going to lead you to victories in the SEC. But unfortunately, we don't have that faith. We don't have that trust yet. That can be changed by selecting the right guy. But Chad Morris has to understand something, too, and why he's getting pressed on this issue. Of course, there's other positions on the field that are very important. Important enough to where they have to decide who they want to start in those positions. Totally get it. But at the end of the day, it's a quarterback-driven league. And if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. And if Arkansas is going to do anything this year, make some noise, even make a bowl game, they have to have solid quarterback play. Because if they don't, and they go through the same issues that they did last year, then what's this all about? What was the point of going through that whole situation last year if you were just going to turn around and do it again this year with a different cast? I like what they're doing. But I don't know if it'll work out. That's why the season has to get here as soon as possible, folks. And hopefully, by this end of this week, we'll know who the starting quarterback is. But if we don't, I guess you'll have to sit in here and listen to me complain about it once again. Hey, fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer in the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. And you don't have to listen to the same stuff as everyone else because they just give you the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead of draft day and put you ahead all season long. Go to Locked On Fantasy Football through your favorite podcast provider and get it done with, again, Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I didn't mention this in the open. I probably should have, but it was announced just over the weekend that wide receiver Deion Stewart will be out for the season for Arkansas. Fifth-year senior. A guy has a lot of experience. Uh, Towards ACL over the weekend, and he'll be out for the year. Jordan Jones will also be out a few weeks. I believe it's three weeks he'll be out with a, with a foot injury. But uh, he should be back, at least in time. Uh, for when the grid of the season really gets going. And, you know, it's funny because in football, injuries are just part of the game. It's part of it. 
No one likes it. No one wants it. But we understand it. It's part of the game. And it just makes me wonder, though. At what point are we going to change how fall camp is being held? Because it's, it's going to happen at some point, folks. Football itself is constantly being pushed, whether it's the NFL or college or high school, whatever. It's constantly being pushed to head into player safety. And with extreme heat and with a lot of plays and a lot of scrimmages and a lot of time and, and everything that goes into it, I'm, I have this fear that things are going to change for the worse in college football especially. And you're going to end up having it to where fall camp is really limited. Just like in the NFL, you'll have preseason games essentially go away because of injuries. And before it was just accepted as part of the game. It sucked, but it was part of the game. But now there's too much money involved. There's too much money at stake to have any sort of star player or good team lose a few good players due to injury and and drills or in contact during the football fall camp. But I don't really know if there is an absolute way to fix all that. In fact, I would argue that there's not. There's not a way that you can just make it all go away instantly. And I think that the NCAA and and football in general have done a good job of trying to help out players. But the problem is, is that we are staring at a future of football that we can't read or understand or we don't even know about. Like, what is this game going to look like in five years, folks? 10 years I mean is it even going to be the same thing is, is it constantly going to be changing I don't know and I think that maybe it could be an overreaction but this was a discussion I had with a friend of mine who feels that football is in danger of losing its soul because of how things are developing and how people and how the players are starting to have more and more power and more say in when what they do, it won't be too long until there's going to be college football players holding out of fall camp. I'm not kidding about that. Like, there's going to come a time where you're going to see star, big time college football players say, you know what, coach? I proved myself last year. I don't want to risk injury. I'm not going to go through fall camp. Or at least I will limit myself in fall camp. I'll just do this drill and that drill, and uh, that'll be it. And if you don't like it, then I won't play. Like, it's going to happen. I'm surprised it hasn't already. Because here's the thing, folks. Imagine if at Alabama, which I'd love to be a fly on the wall in this, but imagine if at Alabama, Tua said, you know what, Coach Saban? I pretty much should have won the Heisman last year. I was amazing as a freshman. I'm going to be amazing this year. But I don't want to risk injury. So I'm not going to go through all those drills. And if you make me try to make me go through those drills, I just won't, I just won't do them. Sorry. Will Nick Saban tell him to sit on the bench and won't play him? He, well, Nick Saban probably would. But without serious pressure, especially if his team started losing. And there lies the problem. It could happen anywhere. And maybe other coaches wouldn't be as strong-willed or as hard-headed as what Nick Saban is. But at some point in time, you're going to see players start holding out in college football to keep from getting injured keep their draft stock in check don't do anything to detriment themselves and when they do that it's going to open up a whole can of worms so i'm enjoying it for right now and it's unfortunate that you see players get injured in fall camp because it's happening all over college football 
But I reckon it's better than the alternative, which is players holding out. Ah, unfortunately, it's going to happen here very soon. Hey, the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Be sure to head over and follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. It was kind of a funny story over the weekend here in the state of Arkansas. and I, I should get his name right, but for some reason I always want to say it's Beto, Beto Arook. Arook? Arook? <laughs> I, I'm terrible with names, folks, and I'm sorry. And, and if I'm not trying to be offensive, I, I'm honestly just trying to figure out how they actually pronounce his name because I feel like I've looked it up many times and everything else, I've I've always got it wrong. So my apologies. But anyways, you probably know who I'm trying to refer to as Beto or Rook or Berto or Rook or whoever, that guy. He went to, uh, he came to the U of A or came to the state of Arkansas too and was just giving his presidential speech for this election thing and, you know, whatever. If you don't like his policies and, you know, like his you know, politics and all that, that's fine. I'm, I'm not getting into that. But he was on video calling the hogs. And he asked people, how do you do it? And he learned how to do it. And then other people helped him out. And then he ended up calling the hogs. And he had a video of it, a little highlight of the people of Arkansas. And I got to admit, I don't think the guy's going to win being the president. But I'll give credit where credit is due. He actually didn't do too bad of a job with his first time of calling the Hogs. And which started making me think after watching him do it and knowing guys like Dana Altman and how awful it was when he did it and and other people, other politicians, other celebrities, whoever it is coming in, it's it's been pretty pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. And I don't understand why it's so hard. And maybe it's just because I grew up with it. Like, I... Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the way it is. By the way, it's Beto. Beto O'Rourke, apparently. Or no, it's not. I don't know. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm getting off track here. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's my messenger that. Uh, but my point is, is that I've seen a lot of people do it, and it for some reason it's so difficult for them to do, and I don't understand. I really don't. I, I feel like it's a very easy thing to do, but maybe it's just being uncomfortable with it is what makes it so cringy when people do it. Because if you really think about it, it's like, all you got to do is say, is start with the woo, and you go for a while, and then you say pig suey, and you do it again, and then again, and at the end of the third time, you just say Razorbacks. I feel like when it comes to chants and traditions and things like that, that's pretty easy. I mean, have you seen Texas A&M? They're psychopaths over there, and they're doing weird stuff. But yet, it doesn't take them long to figure out what's going on. Like, they're sitting there doing inappropriate hand gestures and things like that. But yeah, people pick that up. Oh, no, no, that's fine. That's tradition. Oh, but the hog call's weird? Give me a break. But I don't know. I don't know why it's so difficult for people to do. I think it's just got to be because they feel so uncomfortable doing it. They look so uncomfortable doing it. And I think it's just always going to be that way. However, Beto, Beto, Berto... Alabito, whatever his name is, O'Rourke, he didn't do such a bad job. And if you haven't seen it, 
head over to my Twitter account. I retweeted it. Again, I'm not going to vote for the guy. I give credit where credit is due in the matter. He did an all right job. It definitely was not the worst I have ever seen. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 